This is episode 579 for October 2019. You're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas, and oh wee, oh wee, oh, that is Morris Day in the Times called Jungle Love. We're going to the urban jungle in this first part of Craven's Last Hunt with Spider History for JR. Before I get there, I want to thank people that make th- made this episode possible. It's uh, the people that support us on patreon.com slash crawlspace. They help us pay the bills. They help us keep us on the air. Without them, you would not have a show. So I want to personally thank the following people that uh, went to patreon.com slash crawlspace and made it happen. So a big thank you goes to Robert B., James, Alex, Frazetta Hulk, David, Laura, Mohammed, Jeffrey, Chris, Dowd, Zach, Thomas, Ricky, Matthew, Michael, Jonathan, Craig, Avenji, Patrick, Andrew, Michael K., Hafskimo, JB, Glenn, Austin, Stephen, Stuart, Stephen S., AJ, Jay, Alex, Scott, Kean, Brian, Nick, Taylor, Will, Symbiobro, hashtag something good for you, Christopher, Frederick, and Stephen. Again, log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace to support this podcast on our website, spidermancrawlspace.com. As a thank you for supporting us, you get more episodes like this. And if you're a Patreon member, you get bonus episodes like uh, the previous episode, which was the Absolute Carnage review of issue three and all the various satellites that went into Absolute Carnage number three. One more time, patreon.com slash crawlspace. All right, let's go back to 1987 with JR in Spider History. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our Spider History for October. Let's introduce the panel. You can't do Spider History without JR. What's up, JR? Well, uh, hello, everyone. And uh, just to uh, let George know so that he feels old, uh, today we went on a college visit with Spencer. Oh, wow. (laughs) Spencer, he's 18 now. How? But, uh, oh my gosh! But but George, you know George, <laughs> announced his birth on the old hero. Well, oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like the third person to know that Spencer was born. Yeah. Wow. So, but yeah, we took him on a college visit to Eastern Michigan University today. God, that does make me feel old. Wow. <laughs> so, how old was he when we started this show? So, two thousand six. Uh, he was five, probably five or six. <laughs> God, no, I feel old. Jesus. Wait a minute. Wow. Wow. He made made an early appearance uh, uh, (laughs) talking about the Web of Shadows, I think, or whatever. You know, he came, I mean, when we were still video, when we were still uh, audio only, when we realized we had faces for radio. Yeah. But uh, he came on and talked about that. And of course, he was. You know, I mean, he he was little Spencer, you know, and then then later he becomes obviously the young man you see when he occasionally guest stars. So that's cool. Well, uh, congrats to him. Well, your little girl, your little girl's no longer a, yeah, she's, she's, she's in the fourth grade. She's nine. Yeah. Wow. Mine yeah. is, uh, mine is almost five. She'll be five. She'll be going to start in school next year. That's insane. I, I feel like an underachiever cause I've never knocked anyone up. I've, I've <laughs> I haven't contributed to the, the gene pool in any way. Uh, well, you have more disposable income for comics, George. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's st- still introduce the panel. We've got George. What's going on, sir? Uh, you were wrong. You said it something that was incorrect. 
uh, when you start off. You said that you can't do uh, Spider History without Jr. Uh, let's let's face it, Jr. is not getting any younger. And, <laughs> you know, every every day with Jr. is a blessing. Uh, God love him. But but eventually he's going. He's he's there's going to come a day when he's not here. So so uh, his son is going to his degree is in podcasting to replace the old man. I imagine that's his degree, <laughs> yeah, degree in podcasting. <laughs> My God. Hey, Tr- trust me, boy, you can't pay your rent with podcasting right now. <laughs> he's uh, actually he's struggling between uh, some kind of music related degree or criminal justice. So he may follow in his sister's footsteps. Yeah, someday, go. someday the podcast is going to be like me as like really old with no teeth. And it's going to yeah. be like Ava and Spencer. Yeah. And it's going to be like and Gabby. Uh, yeah. And Gabby. And it's going to be like like Shy Town's kids. And it's going to be them talking and me going, hey, hey, you know. So may- maybe there'll be a 3D hologram projection so we can go in people's living rooms and deliver deliver this show. Ooh, maybe they'll have that, you know, like, have you seen we- those? We'd have to wear pants. Have you seen that? <laughs> I hold, wear, raise your hand if you are wearing pants. I'm, 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 yeah. Look, JR, no hands up for JR. No ifs are given. JR's like, dude, I'm commando down here. What do you think? I never stand up. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going there. That's for sure. Oh, my God. Have you seen this, Brad? You know, like, because, uh, yeah. you know, over there in Japan, right? You know, like, uh, they actually do these, like, giant concerts with, like, 3D holographic anime yeah. dancing girls. And everyone's, everyone goes nuts like, like it's Elvis, right? Yeah, they, these they, things look these things look like surprisingly lifelike, and and now they do them with celebrities, like they do them with Elvis. I think they're about to do I saw them with Michael movies. Jackson one. They did yeah. a Michael Jackson one, and and Tupac, I think. Yeah, and I've seen them do it with like the gorillas, which are mm-hmm. cartoon characters, basically. And so, yeah, yeah, basically, like when we're doing the future <laughs> cast, and it's me as like an old man with no teeth, and it's you know, it's and it's it's it's, it's crawl space generation, you know, two the, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have like the next generation. Yeah, we'll, we'll have we'll have like you remember that old dancing Spider-Man gif, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we'll have that except as a hologram <laughs> behind everybody. All right, you know? man, oh, no. I'm still getting through introductions. Uh, Zach is with us too. Welcome. We haven't had you on in a few months, man. Yeah, uh, you know, awesome. uh, the last time I was on was when Methuselah was a small child, and so therefore. Uh, I, 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 How long I, has it been? Like May? Just at the start of summer. It hadn't been that long. It's, May, it's June. It, it just has felt that way because it of has. That. It has, man. You know, uh, instead of hanging out with cool people, I hang out with the de- degenerates all day. So you know, it's kind of there. You mm. go. So I say I always give Jr. a choice for spider history. I, I search through uh, spiderfan.org. They have a nice, convenient organization of what issues came out in what uh, year. And I gave Jr. some suggestions, and he said, you know what? We've never done Craven's Last Hunt. We've never done that, and we've never reviewed it. And so let's make that uh, spider history for October and November, because in 1987, it came out for two straight months. All three issues were the same story. It so was that was that was probably, unique. I think, was, I think it was like, uh, according to D. Mateus, it was the first time it was ever done. It was. And um, it was nice because the artwork was the same in all three issues. Yeah, Mike Zek. Mike Zek art. We had the same writer. And yeah. they George, probably. 
I think I thought George was going to say something when we mentioned uh, that it was the first time it was ever done. I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, no, because Brad brought up uh, it was 1987, and I was like, you know, in 1985, Austrian rock singer Falco records "Rock Me Amadeus" <laughs> because that's an actual line for yeah, you know yeah, i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go make more coffee I'll, I'll <laughs> so i i remember in 87 oh well i was gonna ask george a question but all right he has had enough uh jr i got the i had a subscription to marvel comics they used to uh come in the mail wrapped like a playboy magazine they were in a uh, paper bag mm-hmm. and i remember getting all these uh in 87 uh how did you get yours off the spinner rack or how'd you get them <laughs> How did I get mine? Uh, what was my first time um, <laughs> for Craven's? You know, to be time. honest, you know, to be honest, um, at this point in time, I was not buying Spider-Man comics. I mean, I've really? as, any, well, yeah. As anyone who's listened knows, I've, I've been through periods where I stopped buying them because I was just thoroughly disgusted, and I'm in one of those periods now. I haven't bought one since Amazing Number Two, frankly. But um, uh, I, but what happened was when. Uh, uh, Actually, when I moved up here to uh, the Cleveland area, uh, and uh, there were several comic shops uh, in or w- within driving distance, you know, because where I came from originally, there there weren't. <laughs> I mean, it was like there was one or two, and that was it. Right. Uh, and so I was able to build up my back SU collection, and that's when I got these. Cool, so. Zach. When was the first time you read Craven's last time? You weren't alive in '87. I was not alive yet. I was in gestation period. Okay. Uh, my were you, sister- born, were you born in '88? Uh, I was born at the very end of 87. My sister tried to kick me out, and it was a, it was a whole deal. You had an eviction, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wanted all the room for herself. It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a whole big deal. I was also three months early, so, you know. Um, I didn't were, know you were a preemie. That, uh, wow. Yeah, I was super preemie. Hmm. Two pounds, seven ounces, and two pounds, nine ounces. Wow. wow. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, so I was not yet... Uh, I was I was in gestation. Let's put it that okay. way. Okay, and George is not here. I, I want to ask him how he first read Craven's last time. But uh, did did you when you first read it, Jr. Did you did you? Well, you have problems with it a little bit, especially the vermin. I, I, I'm excited to be on this pe- episode yeah. because because I, I'm excited because Jr. is going to shit all over this story. Well, he can't. It's a Spider-Man classic, but Jr. can crap all over it. I, know I mean, Jr. does have problems with this classic, almost <laughs> universally loved story. But tune uh, into our tune into our Secret Wars podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Jared has problems with Secret Wars and he has problems with this, two but, uh, of my absolute favorite stories of Spider-Man. Uh, I will say this. I remember the day I was at my local comic shop and I was going through the back issues and I came across the two ASM issues. And I was like, oh, yes. So I grabbed those. And then I went over to the to the Web of Spider-Man box and I was digging through it and they had the two issues of Web. So I was nice. like, oh, yes. And then I, I go to uh, to, to um, uh, Spectacular, and I'm like, oh, please, 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 please. And I get Spectacular, and I'm like, yes, and I got all six issues. Nice. So I still have nice. all six issues of this story. I love it. <laughs> Very cool. All right, JR, you ready? Let's get started. Oh, oh, Austin wants to know when we're going to do the Secret Wars review part two. Oh, he Mer- says this is the Secret Wars review part two. Oh, I see. <laughs> I, I thought no, you wanted to I thought you wanted no, to review be the Beyonder getting taught how to pee from Spider-Man. That's yeah. we've never done that issue, Jr. We need to do that one. Uh, yeah, we need to do that one yep. sometime. Okay, okay. so the uh, like Web ship first of the month, and so uh, we're going to uh, talk about issue uh, Web thirty-one, 
Uh, part one is called The Coffin, which has Spider-Man wrapped up in uh, tarp, and it looks like a gun. Craven's gun is aimed at him with this one. So. Yeah, you know, and of course, as anybody who's who's re- who read my uh, articles, which will probably never be updated again, and <laughs> uh, who's listened to the show, uh, knows that I've never really liked this story. Oh, uh, my gosh. But, but, you know, boys and girls, we have, you know, we're covering two months here, so we got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to do a little bit of, you know, reflection. And uh, what I did was uh, I, 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 um, I read the story again uh, last night uh, in the hotel room. We were, we had gone to, like I said, we'd gone to Ypsilanti to see a school today. Uh, and I did a little research. And, you know, as I was trying to read through it again and take notes, I realized that I, I can't take enough notes on this thing. I mean, we have to kind of yeah. go through this. It's a very, it's a very rich layered story. And it's got a very interesting background. In fact, um, I'm going to um, actually quote, uh, go to comic creators on Spider-Man. Oh, that's a great book, which, which this is, if you don't have this boys and girls, it's, it's, it's an, it's an essential. DeFalco uh, did like three of those. I think he did uh, fantastic four and an X-Men and a Spider-Man one. They're all great. And, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I kind of learned, I mean, I, I learned, you know, by going through this, I mean, I didn't like, uh, there's a lot I didn't like about Craven's Last Hunt, but part of that, I think, is I probably didn't appreciate um, the the reason it's in the style that it's in. But anyway, first of all, uh, this actually started uh, in DeMatteis's, uh, he, he, this actually was a Wonder Man story. He wanted to do a Wonder Man miniseries uh, where the Grim Reaper killed him, and then he came back a year later. Yeah, I remember them. And uh, wow, that's, what is, what is, oh. Was that like a big Kirby hand? Oh, no, he was, out, like, of, he was out of focus. Kirby, I, was trying to get, I was trying to get the, the webcam yeah. to focus. R- real quick, oh. George, first time you read Craven's Last Hunt, we were going uh, around the panel. When, when it was released. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I was, I was actively reading back then. Yeah, I'm, same. I'm one of the three people that was. Spinner, <laughs> spinner, spinner rack or subscription? I had a subscription. No. Came in the mail. Um, actually, 87. Yeah, uh, it would have been a subscription. Um, I had a yeah. subscription through Mile High Comics. Oh, there you uh, go. oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, they had a big sur- a subscription service back then. And that was how my nice. dad, that nice. was how my so dad made sure that like, I kept my grades up because mm-hmm. if my grades fell like below, like a, like, you know, like a, like a B average. Oh, wow. You got then, your comics uh, taken away, huh? Yeah. I, I lost my comics. So, oh, wow. which, which meant that I, that month, if I lost my comics, I had to go and, um, go to Lone Star here and, and yeah. instead and get them off of uh, back then they'd have spitter racks at Lone Star. They just put them up on a shelf, yeah. which is pretty much what they, what they still did into the, like the two thousands. Yeah. So, so J.R. DiMatteis originally wanted this to be a Wonder Man story. And yeah, the Grim Reaper. This, yeah. The Grim Reaper killed him. Wonder Man regenerated a year later and then he had to, um, you, you know, go through the story, pick up the pieces of losing a year of his life. Uh, and Tom and DeFalco rejected it. Say Defalco didn't like the story, he rejected. Um, so then, when uh, D. Mateus was approached by uh, DC, uh, he thought of the same idea as a Batman story. He wanted to do, and, and again, none of this is original. This is all in this. This is, a, uh, like I said, a great reference source. Um, and uh, he wanted to. He pitched as a Batman mm-hmm. story with Hugo Strange as the villain. Strange would kill Batman and then take his place. Oh, well. God. What's that? Hugo Strange <laughs> replacing <laughs> Batman? Yep. That's you know, it, 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 it's weird. Yeah. Every now, and then, like, days, every now and then when they do something extreme in Batman, like a lot of times it centers around Hugo Strange. 
Mm. Well, I mean, he does have the name for it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, so, but at that time, and this is this, like Demetrius says, he says, this is kind of tells you the difference between the comic industry now and then is that uh, he originally pitched it as a graphic novel. And um, <clears throat> DC said, well, we only do two Batman graphic novels a year, so come back next year. And pitch the same idea, mm-hmm. uh, we, and then at that we we hate money, so we can only do two of those a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then, but then Jim Owsley called him, mm. and uh, you know, and asked him to work for Marvel, whatever. And so, actually, this was before Demetrius became a regular writer. And uh, I'll kind of get into why the story's the way it is. Um, but one of the things, uh, but and, and he and I, I, again, Demetrius is. I, I think Demetrius is a very, very, very good writer. I really do. Uh, and I think one of the highlights on the highlight periods of Spider-Man that I enjoyed was the post clone saga period when DeFalco was doing amazing. Mm-hmm. Mackie was doing Peter Parker and uh, D Mateus was doing spectacular. And then there was sensational, which was kind of the, you know, the, the, the I think what Zaga was doing that one or whatever, yeah. but anyway, the, the other three books I thought were very strong. It was a very good, but unfortunately the sales were going just into the toilet. So anyway, so, um, um, Demetrius brought the story to Jim Owsley. Jim Owsley liked it, um, and uh, but I think that Demetrius was going to create a new villain, and Owsley said, "Well, no, you need to use a you. It, it'd work better if you use a classic Spider-Man villain instead of coming up with somebody new." So Demetrius did his research and he came across Craven, who he's. I had always thought as Craven is one of the dopier Spider-Man villains, um, and which is funny because when you think about it. Craven's last hunt really is the first store. I think this is, I think this is one reason why this has resonated with a lot of people is because Craven was kind of a joke villain. I mean, he was definitely B list, B minus list, you know, a most dangerous game knockoff, you know, he'd be brought in, you know, and, you know, hunt Spider-Man, Spider-Man would kick his butt and, and that would be the end of it. Craven's last hunt was the first story, I think, to really give Craven a strong background and motivation. So I think that's one reason I'd, why I'd agree with them. Um, so anyway, so uh, I, I had always thought of Craven as being one of the dopier Spider-Man villains, but this handbook entry, he's looking at the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, uh, talked about him being this tormented Russian soul. Uh, and I suddenly saw his tremendous potential. I love the, the psychological and spiritual struggles in novels like Crime and Punishment and the Brothers Karamazov. And I saw Craven as this wonderful Dostoevskian character. Um, and, and this, and this explains kind of why the story is as dark as it is. Demetrius is saying, uh, I was at a really bad place in my life and dealing with my own Dostoevsky, it's Dostoevsky, uh, problems. And, uh, if, uh, Dostoevsky was a, a famous Russian writer who, uh, his mother died early, uh, which Cravens did as well. Um, he originally was, he was an engineer and was lived fairly well, but then he hang out started hanging around the wrong people. Uh, he hung around a band Russian novels. Uh, and so he got, uh, he, he was originally sentenced to death and, uh, but they commuted it to six years in si- exile in Siberia. So Doyce, is, like is this like the Russian version of like the Algonquin round table? <laughs> I, I don't, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's, uh, with, with, Without getting uh, Russia has a very interesting history. I mean, it's 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 interesting. It's no wonder they have a very different perspective than us. They've never been a democracy. Russia has a very bloody history. Very bloody. I mean, mm-hmm. between the czars and the communists, oh, and now you God. know, it just 
it's yeah. So so Dostoevskyism is kind of associated now with gloom and doom and bitterness and anger and very deep dark places. So anyway, and then uh, so Dimitris is saying that's why this particular story is so dark, and that he didn't th- t- t- today now he didn't think he could write something like this. So, but anyway, that's kind of part of the um, that's kind of part of the background of Craven's Last Hunt, uh, and um, and probably explains a little bit about uh, about uh, Dimitris's writing, um, which again, like I said, I think he's a very good writer, but he he does t- I think tend to go to the way too deep into the well sometimes uh, with the psychological. Mm-hmm. Stuff. But anyway, okay, for October we're going to do the first three parts of Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, and uh, if uh, my uh, Kindle will cooperate and stop trying to tell trying to sell me uh, uh, Vegas slot <laughs> game apps. Um, <laughs> You know, basically, we we start this off. Craven is in his townhouse, and he's he's doing and thinking all kinds of sinister things. You know, he's walking around, he's prowling around, and he's uh, beating up stuffed trophy animals, more or less. Um, and in the background, as he does this, and by the way, he's butt naked for any of those who really are interested. In those yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, periodically, we're going to see this bald guy digging a grave. All right. And you've got and one of the things that just hangs over this story is death. Death is is a constant companion on every page of the story for for reasons we'll get into. Um, But anyway, so Craven now is is reflecting on how old he is and that his family was exiled from Russia uh, when they kicked all the aristocrats out or killed them (laughs) during the communist revolution. Uh, And of course he's kind of going through one of those, well, you know, uh, civilization is so barbaric and the only honor that there is, is the jungle or whatever. And I've lived too long and my time has passed and it's my time to die, but not just yet. And when he says this, He's gone to a coffin. He's got a coffin all set up. It's his townhouse. He's always got like a church with the stained glass windows and everything. He's got an empty coffin. And in it is a Spider-Man costume. And this, this is a black Spider-Man costume. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so, so now we, may, we get to Spider-Man. And this is one of those things where I, I think, and, and when I first approached this, uh, the reasons, one of the reasons I didn't like it was because here we have this character that Spidey is so uh torn up about joey face not joey z not joey z we're not going to who but uh joey face was this thug who spider-man you two-bit thug who spider-man uses an informant of course we've never heard of him all right (laughs) uh never heard of him before but all of a sudden now you know this guy has died and we're at this uh we're at this dive bar where the bartender and a bunch of other marginal you know thugs and things are having to you know put this guy in the you know they they Came up, scraped up enough money to put this guy in a wood box, you know, and they're all kind of saying, well, this is the best we could do for you, dude, or whatever. And for some reason, Spider-Man is feeling guilty about this guy's death, who, of course, we've never met before. But again, I think that probably goes back to the fact that really it should be looked at as a standalone novel, maybe, and not so much as. But anyway, so Spider-Man, you know, pops in, you know, because he wants to pay his respects. But of course, all these other guys, since they're two bit crooks, you know, it's, oh, my God, it's Spider-Man. Uh, but but see, and this is where we're getting to, you know, they all Spider-Man says, oh, they're all afraid of me. They don't think I'm a man, that I'm a monster. And they don't realize that I'm just a man. I'm just Peter Parker, you know, and so he comes to, you know, pay his respects and throws a throws a few bucks in the um you know, throws a few bucks there to contribute to uh, Joey Face's uh, little uh, mini funeral. Um, so, you know, he's kind of, so now he's really reflecting on this. And he's also reflecting on Ned Leeds' death. Because, yeah, as you recall, uh, 
not too long ago, we had Spider-Man Wolverine number one, where Ned Leeds died, was murdered. And then um, Peter David, in issue 289 of Amazing, decided to make Ned the Hobgoblin. Right. Well, apparently, apparently that was intended as another fake out. Um, but, uh, uh, David got, you know, either he left the tile, got kicked or whatever. Anyway, then they decided to make it for real that it was really the hobgoblin. So, um, so anyway, so that's weighing over on Spider-Man too. And, you know, so Peter goes to his apartment, Mary Jane's not there. Peter goes to his apartment, strips off down to his underwear. And of course we have a nice picture of Peter laying on bed, uh, in just his underwear for those of you who are in that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Craven's naked and Peter's sitting around in his underwear. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, it's funny. I could never be an artist, I suppose, because I have absolutely no fascination with the, the naked male body. I just don't. So I guess I could never be an artist, you know. Um, but uh, so, so Peter, you know, there's a spider crawling on the wall and, you know, Peter's turning off the lights. But then, And then we go to a scene of Craven jumping into a bunch of spiders and eating them. Hmm. Uh, you know, and then you have the green, the green drool, you know, cause he's eating the spiders and they're all juicy and crunchy and he's eating them and drooling. And then Peter wakes up from a nightmare, you know, and, um, he sees a spider and he goes, ah, spider and smacks it against the wall and squishes the spider. It, we, you can't get an idea, you know, what, what we're in for. We're in, we're in for kind of a head trip. Um, yeah, this is a dark spider tale. So, so Spider-Man starts swinging around. He's oh, I'm thinking about Joey Faze. I'm thinking about Ned Leeds, and and he's also thinking about his own mortality at the time too, which I suppose is normal. You know, he, he kind of wonders, well, you know, all the people in my life I've known who have died. Who's next? Aunt May, Mary Jane, me. Um, so then Craven shows up, you know, and Craven uh, uh, hits him with a dart, poison, uh, poison dart, which drugs Spider Man. And again, more panels of this bald guy digging a grave. Um, so, and then Craven zaps him, you know, uh, hits him with a, a net, captures him in the net. And, uh, of course, Spider-Man, you know, being drugged or whatever, he says, this isn't like you, Craven, you know, because Craven brings out a rifle and it's like, he's going to shoot him. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, this doesn't make any sense. Craven, we're supposed to go mano e mano. Uh, and then Craven just shoots him dead, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, it looks like he's dead. And the last scene is Craven and some of his uh, cronies or his uh, staff or whatever. They're all around a coffin. Spider-Man's laying in there prostrate like a dead guy. And uh, they put Spider-Man's coffin into the, 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 the hole. And Craven starts spading dirt on it. And that is the end of part one. That's how, that's how you start a first chapter. I mean, that's awesome. Spider-Man is dead as a doornail. So um, what did you think of that, JR? After chapter one, Spider-Man's in a grave. Well, here's the thing. I mean, okay. <laughs> but nobody ever dies. You know better. I mean, you know better than that. I mean, you know, it's 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 a curious, you know, you wonder, okay, where are they going to go from here? Uh, but again, you know, Spider-Man's not going to die. Anyway, that was so. a good cliffhanger, I thought. But yeah, I mean, as yeah, as far as comic book cliffhangers go, absolutely. I mean, because you know, at that point in time, you don't, you know, you you, you don't know what Craven has shot him with, and and they bury him, they bury him, and so you know, he, he looks like he's dead. Classic comic book cliffhanger. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's important to note because you you brought up the 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 moment where you know they all pitch money together and and get a pine box for somebody. Um, that's that's not unlike what we'll do with Zach one day. <laughs> oh. Man, guys over there just enjoying life, and there I just wanted to see if he was listening. 
That's yeah, funny. let's and, and let's see here. Glenn Clark, Jr. not liking something post nineteen seventy. Shocker. I'm assuming you're just talking metaphorically because uh, uh, that's not true. Yeah, that's uh, not true. Jr. is like 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 the highlight of like Spider Man for Jr. is like in the eighties. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's yeah, true. Most just because I'm trying to get this thing to work on Facebook Live doesn't mean you can insult me there, uh, Berryman. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> Regarding Craven's last and, and, and for the, and for the record, let, sure, let, okay. let JR talk. JR is about to say yeah. something. Yeah, McNulty. Well, Peter did just get married, of course. Yes, yeah, we're, we're going to get to that because Mary Jane's going to show up here pretty soon. So. Yeah. Anyway, go, go ahead, Zach. Wait, well, we're seeing a part one. Uh, well, JR just said he really enjoyed the post Clone Saga pre reboot era yeah. of, the, of the 1990s. So, so I'll defend their JR on that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it's kind of funny. I mean, they—I I mean, one of the criticisms is, is that we don't like stuff that, uh, you know, we, we don't like stuff that's newer than uh, uh, our, when we lived in our mother's basements or whatever. And that—that's uh, an odd criticism. That's never been. I mean, we'll like stuff that's good. I mean, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, most of us have liked the last year. Yeah, that's I mean, true. you guys have been, you know, have been praising Nick Spencer yeah. to the skies. I mean, it's not always been for me, but, you know, you I mean, you know, George, you're one of the toughest critics there, and you thoroughly enjoy this run. I am. So, real, real quick. I mean, uh, just that one more one more day, and brand new day, we're just crap, folks. I mean, I'm sorry, but yeah. it was just crap. Yeah. Real quick, our friend Chi-Town just sent me a text he's watching. He says, the two J. Scott Campbell, Mary Jane comics were 50 bucks. And that's Ugh. with the VIP discount of 15% off, and the taxes and the shipping kill you. Woof, that's expensive. We were talking yeah. about that at the top of the show. Dovetailing off what JR just said. Yeah. Uh, you know, about people saying that, you know, you go, you guys don't like anything past such and such date. Uh, to reiterate, we, we like things that are good. When you have almost a decade where Spider-Man is, is almost unreadable because of how badly the writer does not understand the character on fundamental levels, that's not on us. That's on that's on them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, I, and, and, you know, and I'm thinking of, you know, again, to my old articles or whatever. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, I think it was, um, I want to say 2004, for example, the year that uh, Mark Millar's uh, 12 part Spider-Man story. Uh, I like that. You know, yeah, I mean, it had yeah. problems as a story. I, li- I like, you know, uh, Straczynski was writing amazing and he was hit or miss. Straczynski um, had 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 great moments and bad moments. Yeah. But uh, like, like he had, like when he was fantastic, he was up here. And when he was terrible, he was down here. Mm-hmm. But Straczynski, I still think to this day, aside from Spencer's doing a really good job of it now, but before him, uh, I, for my money, Straczynski wrote the marriage better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. He really did. Uncle Rizzo. I'm sorry. Uncle Rizzo on YouTube chat says, an 11, as an 11 year old and pretty new to the hobby, I thought Spider-Man was dead. I love Mike Zeck's art also. Oh. JR, I don't know if if uh, you can really grade them by chapters, but A out of me on this one. I mean, A for the whole story, but did you like this back in the day? I, I, I would rather I would rather wait until the story is okay. told. Okay. I mean, I honestly, I, I yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of looking at this. You know, chapter in two segments, chapter, yeah, in, in October and a November segment. So, okay, uh, and, and uh, I mean, but but yeah, I mean, if you're into if you're into a mood piece, okay, you know, and if you're into, I mean, first of all, I think another thing we need to look at too is, I, I'm sure that probably one of the reasons this guy this resonates with a lot of you all is how are different it was 
artistically at that time. I mean, because mm-hmm. we had just got done with hobgoblins. I mean, basically we were hobgoblin stuff, gang war stuff, the rose secret and, wars, you know, you know <laughs> secret wars to comic booky stuff. I mean, you know, comic book stuff. Yeah. This was very different. I mean, this was uh, probably in 87 or whatever. This, this probably hit like a, you know, hit you like a hammer or something. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was very, very dark. And, and Mark, uh, Mike's X art is, uh, you know, it's funny. Cause I used to, and one of the things I'm I kind curious, of I'm curious if you like Mike Zex art because he also penciled Secret Wars. What? So if you don't like this story and you don't like Secret Wars, you got a problem with Zek. No, 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 no. Here, here, here's the thing. What, what Secret Wars? We kind of got to put Secret Wars into a different box because it, it was a very unique story for a very unique purpose and reason at the time. That's Which a very diplomatic that, answer for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but Secret Wars started out at but here here's the thing. Secret Wars started out as a toy commercial. Uh Craven's Last Hunt so started so Transformers out, and G.I. Joe and everything else. So did Craven's Last Oh no wait it didn't. Craven's Last Hunt started as a story. As a character yeah. story. So okay, so really we're not even talking about the same things. Um okay. but no, I mean I like my, my, I, I, I used to say when uh, Bendis and Bra- and uh, Bagley were doing Ultimate that the real author was not Bendis; it was Bagley. Uh, one because there was so little dialogue, and actually some of these issues of Craven's Last Hunt reminded me of that. There's not a lot of narrative or dialogue in some of these issues, uh, and so so Zek's art in this is really th- this is this is one of those where the artist is as much of a creator. Oh yeah. A creator. I mean, it, it seems silly. Well, of course they're a creator with this, you know, but no, I think this is one case where you look at where the art is, as, the art is as important to the story as the narrative. Yeah, I, I, I can't envision this story with a different artist. Right. I really can't. Maybe because I've been reading it for 30 years. But uh, I, I just brought this up in the YouTube maybe chat. Maybe Adonis, but I just I just uh, brought this up in the YouTube chat, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it here too. Like Brad and I are giant fans of Mike Zach. Yep. We yeah. really are. Like we loved uh like his work on the Secret Wars for sure. But also his his work on the Punisher. Oh, that early the on. first Punisher miniseries. Oh, oh yeah. my God. That and was that classic Captain America annual with him and Wolverine slashing mm-hmm. the shield. Yeah. Oh, I love that Mike, stuff. Mike Zeck is fan- just fantastic. I, I had so many Mike Zeck posters up in my room. I have a Captain America Mike Zeck poster. I got Punisher posters. Okay, anyway. actually drawn by Mike Zek, right? You don't have like posters of Mike <laughs> Zek, you know? Just Mike Zek, posters of Mike Zek hanging out at his artboard, like, uh, you know? He's laying on the couch with a Marvel treasury over. He's oh, doing, wait, he's, Stanley. He's doing those glamour shot, you know, kind of poses <laughs> like. All right, let's get to the next issue. Part two. Part two. We're going to amazing for this one, if memory serves. Yep. Okay. We're going to Amazing Spider-Man number 293. Okay. Uh, and to start off, I mean, you gotta gotta get gotta give gotta give props. The very start, the very first page, a full page splash of Spider-Man's, and, and I know that you can't see this with the glare, but Spider-Man's headstone, here lies Spider-Man, you know, yeah. slain by Craven the Hunter, and there's a rat. And of course that's you know, a foreshadowing of the third player in this, which is one major reason I do not like this story. I'm about to say, just another yeah. one of JR's favorite characters. For, yeah, yeah, we're we're going to get into that. So anyway, so so the next again, the next uh, the next oh, uh, this this chapter is called Crawling. Yeah, the, there you the go. Next, the next page, 
is Spider-Man apparently standing by his own grave and he takes the mask off and it's Craven maniacally laughing. So where are we going? Real quick, Zach, are we getting some feedback on you? I think we might be getting some feedback or maybe it's me. Anyway, hang on just a second. Just okay. Second. Maybe mute if you don't mind. Uh, let me, oh, I'm trying to get the, uh, I don't hear the feedback now. That's weird. It's probably Zach. Whenever something goes wrong, it's almost, Oh, you guys get it's a true story. Maybe this is why he doesn't come back for months. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> it's like the dog that ran away. You're like, what? You don't like the food. I mean, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, Mr. Mr. McNulty has chimed in and keep oh. in mind, this was pre-internet pre-death of Superman. Craven shooting Spider-Man was a legitimate shot. It was, it was, so, we weren't so, so jaded fans in 87 were we well uh, well you know this is this is this is an important thing to note remember like at this time in history this sort of dark story was the exception yeah right true. like like and 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 batman true. dark knight returns had already happened 86. And, 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 and that was yeah. shocking at the time but at, at the time still I, this is only a couple of years past this was still the exception to the norm like not, this, that was not you know it, we didn't really get into into this until like the the later '90s, where like everything had to had to ape that. Everything had mm-hmm. to be grim, dark. You know, like the the dark darkening of the darkness, like everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then it became hip and cool. It, yeah. it didn't become it didn't become uh, an important element of the storytelling. It became uh, something of itself to do. It was you know? it, it was almost it was almost a form of parody. You had all these yeah. writers trying to ape Alan Moore with, it, with, without a fraction of the talent. Jr. and I often like to talk Star Trek. Craven's last time has been aped. A lot, and so has Rathacon. People like to try to recreate Rathacon a lot, including including Paramount, yeah. including Paramount with the <laughs> insert. What is it? What was that one called? Into darkness. In the, in yeah. the darkness. In the darkness. In the darkness. Yeah. One of the worst. Anyway, I was about to say. Happen, I, I don't want to. I, 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 I don't, don't want to get on right now. I don't want to get off on a Star Trek conversation because that'll I'll tangent badly. Um, but um, anyway, the next here, here we start. The Amazing. next page is, is is some young woman who's running in the rain. Rats get get you know gets in her way and she falls to the ground, and then we see a sewer the 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 manhole cover coming off and a hand grabbing and pulling her down, and then we get another shot of the uh, the grave Spider Man's grave with the rat on it, and then we find out that this young lady is down the sewers, and she is confronted by vermin. Yeah. You know, and of course, her smell is just intoxicating. You know, and, and uh, you know, the sweet smell is l- less of a stink, worse than mine. But oh, how they like! And this is like, and this is where this is this is part of what I'm not liking here. This dialogue is just so on the nose. If you know? I did but, have a complaint of this story, it's the vermin factor. Keep keep reading, Jr. I was almost there. <laughs> Keep reading. I was almost there. Keep reading. Anyway, uh, but oh, how they like, how they like to pretend they're better than me, you know. And then oh it's like, God. okay, this is getting. I mean, okay, is he a rat man or is he a twelve-year-old schoolboy? Yes. Um, and you know, so you know, then of course. Uh, it's because of them that I have to hide down here. Them and their funny clothes and their sweet smells. Yum, <sighs> yum, yum. Okay. But then, then the story picks up because we get Mary Jane. And of course, Mary Jane is a newlywed. She's a newlywed. No, 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 no. She's not. No, she's not. She's not. 
Somehow, I thought being in a committed relationship would oh, be a little up. different. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Don't, ever, ever since one more day, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like uh, the Dr. Strange spell. Everything has gone back and all the source material has changed. So there's no references to marriage. It's like committed relationships. Okay. No, no, no. no. Uh, don't, don't do that. Then Quesada wins. We, we don't yeah. want that. <laughs> we can't you have know, that. It, it's like, but of course that requires someone to snuggle up with. And my someone, my partner isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> my husband isn't here anyway. Uh, so, but now this is, uh, you know, She's worried about, you know, again, this is, she's, she's realizing that, you know, she knew what she was getting into, but you know, this is forcing her to confront the reality that there may be a time that Peter just does not come home. Uh, but then of course we have to really drill the symbolism in, uh, because when she starts thinking about maybe Peter's dead, then he sees a rat yeah, and she attacks and kills the rat with her boot. And then we go back to Spider-Man's grave. Um, and then we see Craven, you know, the spider lies in a grave a hundred miles from here down in the darkness. So we get all kinds of uh, Craven's dark thoughts. And now, <clears throat> and here we go. So now I see through the spider's eyes. I wear the spider skin. I growl. Now I am the spider. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Mm -hmm. As I am someone the spider. I am someone that uh, just covered the shrieking story arc written by James Mateus. Yes, the very end of that was his very short run as I am the spider. Yeah, and, and again, I guess we have to look at it Inst instead of the context of all these years. We have to realize this is the first time it was done. <laughs> now, when you go back and you read "I Am the Spider," you think, "Oh my Clone God. Saga." Yeah, he's he's gonna web Clone Saga. Yeah, where yeah, where he cocoons and he eats a sloppy subway sandwich and the tomatoes all fall out. And this is supposed <laughs> to show how dark he has become. You know, it's like it's Man, stuff that you just got. If a subway quote. sandwich exploding on your your shirt is going dark, he said. <laughs> so anyway, so Craven. Anyway, we go down. Craven goes out in the basement, and he start. You know, he's he's got a he's got a, a cage or with a glass aquarium or whatever. It's not an aquarium, but it's it's full of spiders. And apparently, he's apparently he has squeezed the juice out of all these spiders because what he's doing is he's put it in a bowl, and he's on his knees, hands and knees, and he's lapping spider guts up with his tongue mm -hmm. like a cat. Mm. Okay. Oh, Zach, never yeah. do that again. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Don't question drinks. And you know, my metamorphosis, I must merge with the spider, you know, yeah, and let gross. the spiderness in. And then of course he realized, oh, this is really gross stuff. Um, yeah. but yes. then, you know, but then he has, then he feels pain. Not, not sure. It's like, he's got a heart attack. Listen, uh, listen, JR, we don't kink shame here. Okay. We don't what? We don't we don't kink shame up in here up in the crawl space. Kink, kink, kink shame. Kinky. Kink, kinky. Oh, kink shame. shame. We don't kink I shame see, up in here. I see. I wow. See. And and here want, and here how is the line of PG thirteen. How people so want to start looking to the line of PG thirteen. I agree. <laughs> so, so here was and now we start getting about now we start getting into uh uh Craven talking about his father. Then he becomes now we find out that Craven has daddy issues. Okay. Uh 
you know, honor for, for dignity, for all your father bequeathed you pain. My father, a pompous fool, a Russian nobleman exiled and living in poverty in America too attached to what, what was to ever see what is. And okay, here we go. Get, get another guy, another supervillain who's got daddy issues. So he smashes, he smashes this, this glass cage with all the spiders and then the spiders start to congeal and they congeal into one giant spider. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go back to vermin and vermin is eating this woman's cor- that he kidnapped earlier, her corpse lick, lick, lick the fingers. Goody, good, good, tough, tasty. Okay. Now <laughs> this is a big problem with me. <laughs> <laughs> winding up here comes the pitch <laughs> this the here's thing as far as i'm concerned if at the end of the story this character is not dead the story has failed this character should die vermin this is a yeah. horrendous gross crime there's no i'm sorry there's no baron zemo bullshit you know <laughs> or anything like that this character should be dead at the end of the story. That's what this character deserves. I remember after and, they killed Baron Zemo after his cannibal story. Oh, wait. <laughs> Did he have one? No. Baron Zemo <laughs> transformed him. This is the excuse for why he is. <laughs> it was called yeah. Zemo's Last Hunt. It's a 17-parter coming next year from Marvel. <laughs> I, pre- I predict from 2020 to 2025, Marvel well, will there was a de- There was the death of Crave, uh, Vermin story that ran in Spectacular. From, He's still around, isn't he? I don't Marvel think Marvel will have an anthrophasia phase yeah, he where just cannibalism is very stuff. huge. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was a metaphorical death, Douglas. You don't understand. You yeah. you, you obviously missed that story where Baron Zemo shows up and 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 Vermin is there with all of Zemo's uh, crazy creations that he came up with. That was like uh, you know with that beautiful Salbusima art. It was like uh, one ninety five through one ninety six or something, or one ninety three through one ninety six or something like that. McNulty says in YouTube chat, it should also remind folks of Superior Spider-Man. Uh, after all, Craven's last hunt did a better Superior Spider-Man than all the issues of Superior Spider-Man combined, where Peter was essentially replaced, etc. Well, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> okay. All right. So he's anyway, so we give he's, a, so he's anyway, eating so, a corpse. Yeah. Yeah, he's eating a corpse. So it's like, okay, you know, like I said, this character deserves to die. I mean, I'm not interested. See, I have no empathy for this character. I never will. All right. So anything you're trying to do with this character is completely lost on me, which is another reason I hated the child within. Okay. But then, okay. So he sees after, you know, you know, after he's uh, gone through the main course here and is licking his fingers, um, he happens to see an old newspaper and he sees a picture of Spider-Man. And so he freaks out, you know, because he remembers Marvel team up number 128, uh, where he and Spider-Man and Captain America beat the crap out of him. Oh, yeah. All right. So now that, he's that was the know, so uh, photograph realistic cover, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was. Yeah, it I remember was that one. This one right here. Yep, there it is. Yes, that's awesome. You have yeah. that right on hand. That's nice. Ah, uh, I do my homework. Oh, look okay? at you. Allegedly. I do, I do my homework. I don't make shit up. <laughs> That's a good one, JR. That's a good one. Don't ever change. Meet, meet, meet. What what was the line from Vermin? Waitress, folks. Lick, 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 lick. The fingers good, good, good. All right. Go ahead. Can you not, Douglas? 
can you so he, he sees Spy- the Spider-Man picture. He, he, he goes, yeah. you know, bad man, very bad man, crawly man, insect man. He hurt me, you know, uh, yesterday, forever ago. Him and that other nasty soldier, man with red, white, blue, Captain Flag, Captain America. Well, anyway, so, so can, Vermin. Can you imagine uh, Dumb Hulk and this guy having a conversation? <sighs> <laughs> Kind of like Forrest Gump and Rocky Balboa having one. Uh, so. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Lick, lick, lick. Adrian, I like these oh, chicken wings. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I wasn't. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> you're you're a damn monster, Douglas. I was talking like they were eating dinner, and you guys, whoa, took it really farther. Oh my oh, god! And we have now officially crossed the line. <laughs> what happened to George? Rated is vomiting. I didn't even hear the joke. Oh. <laughs> okay, oh. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Vermin Vermin's feeling sorry for himself. Oh, you know? oh I'm not I'm you know, I, I I'm not afraid of anyone. Oh. I'll rip those two to pieces, I'll chew them up. Oh. And so he decides to well, he thinks about crawling out of his hole. So he lifts up the manhole cover, but then sees a spider and clank, it shuts down again. Mm-hmm. And so now he's so he runs, you know, and quiet, now quiet. We don't want them to hear us, we don't want them to hurt us, and he kills a rat. Starts eating it. Man, there's a lot of rat deaths in this one. Yes, yeah. But Mer- then again, New York has plenty to spare. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> so does Washington, D.C. So uh, but that's another story. Oh! Anyway. Hello! No, no, no. This is legitimate. Then another stone. The first time I went to Washington, D.C., I was a younger man in the uh, early 90s. And uh, in the early 90s, you were a younger man. That's <laughs> he was 62, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was the early yeah, 90s. JR had only been in the AARP for 20 years. I went to my first retirement <laughs> seminar. Um, but no, I had gone to, I, was, I had gone to Washington, DC. And again, uh, I, you know, a boring background. I grew up in southwestern Indiana. My father was one of those guys who almost never got away, got more than 50 miles from where he was born. Uh, and I never went anywhere. Never went anywhere. Sorry, I think going to St. Louis to see a St. Louis Cardinal game was like, I mean, that was like going to Europe. You, you know? went to Missouri and you just called it like going to Europe? It, back then, yeah, but then then, 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 I, then I started meeting people who really came from there, you know, oh. and, I realized, and I realized that you know, it, well, anyway. But so, uh, so going to Washington D.C. It was my first time. I mean, I thought I was Disneyland, you know, and so I go out. <laughs> so what did, what did you think? What did you think? It was going to be like the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> Like an animatronic Lincoln, you know. Here, here, here. Good. Now, you, now look, 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 look. Okay, look. I grew up. I grew up <laughs> surrounded, surrounded by farmland and strip mines. Okay, so when I go to Washington D.C. and I see the Lincoln, I mean, when I saw the Lincoln Memorial in person for the first time, I just, I was stunned. I mean, I just absolutely was flabbergasted. Mr. Fettinger goes to Washington, Mr. starring Fettinger Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think it was a giant robot and was going to stand up and start moving around? <laughs> like in that Captain America issue? <laughs> or it was going to, or it was going to turn into General Thade, right? Or something oh like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. No, anyway, anyway, but anyway, like the story, getting back to the rats. All right. So I'm standing out in the back. 
I'm standing out in the balcony in my hotel room, you know, and I'm just kind of, it's a nice day or whatever. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, a little country boy here. I'm in Washington, D.C. and stuff. And I looked out and I realized that I'm over like the garbage. I'm Denver. I'm a country boy. Yeah. I'm a country I'm boy. Over, I'm over the garbage. Thank you know? God I'm I a look, country boy. And then I see a rat. I mean, and it's a big sucker. And then I see oh. another one. And it's like, and then they're just, it's like, holy crap. You know, I mean, here I am in the nation's capital and just literally right right below me are is is it's literally infested with rats so anyway that's the story anyway, I, th I, th so I thought that, that went a whole different direction i thought this was about to segue into some kind of you know like what, what happens in mexico stays in mexico kind of song you know like, it wasn't like, political commentary or anything like well that. you, you admit, yeah george you missed the uh, the bit about licking and uh, uh no yeah. i mean i've been hearing it all that long I've been hearing it for like the last half hour. No, he, no. He, 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 no this was different. Uh, <laughs> it, it, anyway, it so, so the moral of JR's story was as a young man, he learned that there's a lot of rats in Washington in more ways than one. Okay. Anyway, so back to the story. Back to this story. Mary Jane, of course, is fretting about Peter. So, you know, later she'll start smoking as a result, but now she just goes out walking in the rain. Um, let's see here. And so. A couple of guys, you know, start catcalling or whatever, you know, real dirtbags or whatever. Uh, hey, tight pants, come and show us your red hair, you know. And, of course, Mary Jane tells them literally, get stuffed. Yeah. They, they don't take too kindly to that. Anyway, so Craven now is fighting this. We go to Craven, and he's fighting this giant spider that's made up of all kinds of little spiders and he's fighting it and you know he's thinking that he's you know it's symbolic of his fight with spider-man you know and so he's and then and then vermin starts coming up from the sewers oh lord you know i mean and, and that's what it is we go back and forth between craven and vermin and their deep dark thoughts and things of that nature we go back to mary jane and the thugs are approaching her and they're going to, you know, obviously they have deviant things in mind. And, you know, as they throw her up against the wall and it looks like, you know, it looks like we're doing a, uh, we're doing the, one of the scenes in the uh, first Spider-Man movie, right. Sam Raimi. I was just going to say uh, that. Yeah. Mary Jane looks up and she starts smiling, but she, because she thinks she sees Spider-Man, she sees Spider-Man, uh, thinks, it's, thinks that it's Peter. But uh, unfortunately, this Spider-Man is a little more brutal than Peter is and uh, smashes one guy's face against a wall and then just beats another one to a, a pulp without, you know, far in excess of what, you know, it takes to subduing. And as he goes away, then Mary Jane realizes that that was not Peter. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so Vermin now is he, he's climbing out of the sewer. He's hungry. He needs to eat. Uh He's not afraid, not one bit. I think I'll find some food. Yum. Okay. We go back to Spider-Man's tomb. And I th actually, I think that was, either. yeah, that was the end of part two. Yeah. That was the end of part two. Spider-Man was not in the story. Peter Parker not was not in the story. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. at all. Okay. So you ready to wrap this one up with uh, part three, Descent? Yes, we'll go into part three. Hang on here. Uh, go back to uh, We're going part to three, Descent. Peter Parker. The Spectacular Spider-Man number 131. Yep. Continuing the six-part saga. Yep. All right. Come on. Come on. Okay. Anyway, so Craven start, starts trying being Spider-Man. Uh, we see him busting up, uh, trying to think if it looks like a drug deal or an arms deal or a little bit of both. But anyway, mm -hmm. so he comes in, busts everybody up, but he also kills somebody. So this is... Uh, you know, this is uh, going to start something else now uh, with Spider-Man being dead two weeks. Everybody thinks 
means that Spider-Man has, has gone crazy. Um, so, so then we get, uh, let's see here. Craven is, uh, uh, I am, I hunted the spider as the spider hunts. I have consumed the spider's prey. I have proven myself his superior in every way. No, almost every way. The final proof comes. Well, then we have another woman who's dragged away and eaten by vermin. Yum, yum. And that's what it literally says. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, she says, so what if there's a lunatic out there on the streets eat, killing people and then eating them for breakfast? And she's pulled into a corner and then we just see yum. Yeah. Again, this character should be dead by the end of the story. Um, so Vermin decides to beat up some police, but he but he but one there's an important distinction as he's about to kill them. He realizes that one of them is a black woman. Which, as we later learn, I don't know if we know this yet or not, but as we later learn, Vermin's mother was black. His father was white and his mother was black. So this woman, police woman reminds him of his mother, so he decides not to kill her. Uh, but then we uh, but then we go back. Now, see, we've been going back to Spider-Man's grave back and forth, and now spiders, are, you know, it used to be rats crawling around it, but now now the spiders are crawling around it. You know, more, more symbolism here. Mm-hmm. The next, the next couple pages are actually very in, are actually interesting from a, per, a perspective of the longtime fans who always wondered at this time whether or not Robbie Joe Robertson knew that Peter was Spider Man because this, here it is, yeah, no, this this, it's, this when I was a kid in the eighties, this is the first time I ever noticed that you know Joe might know. This is the first story that I was like, ooh. Well, not only yeah. not only that, but as we'll get into it, I mean, uh, so it's the middle of the night, and and you know, Robbie's reading the paper, watching TV, yeah. and then Mary Jane's at the door. It's like, you know, so so Mary Jane, what's wrong? Is something wrong with Peter? Um, and uh, you know, uh, Mary Jane comes. She said, "Why did I come here? Because Joe Robertson's the editor of the Daily Bugle, because he's known Peter for years, because he's the man of intelligence and integrity, or because?" And then Mary Jane bolts out the door basically saying, I'm sorry, I came to you and says, I can't tell him, even if he does know, I can't tell him. So what's also, what's interesting is that, you know, we, we, I mean, a long time reader has suspected that Joe's Robbie's known, but now Mary Jane thinks Robbie knows Mary Jane has thought. And and the thing is, I wonder if Peter thought it. No, I mean, no, Peter's always suspected it. Peter always wondered if Robbie had a handle on his secret identity. And, mm-hmm. and I always thought Robbie found out, figured it out. Um, the, uh, with the, the, when Peter came back from the London trip in the nineties, when he went to go see Gwen, because remember, if you remember, uh, him and captain Stacy, when captain Stacy were alive, they used to get together and over coffee, they'd discuss Spider-Man mm-hmm. and they'd wonder who Spider-Man was. Uh, and of course we know captain Stacy found out <clears throat> and obviously he wouldn't have told oh, anybody. The, the issue nineties, not the 1990s. Okay. I was right, confused yeah. a second. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so, but anyway, so captain Stacy then dies and, and Gwen goes overseas or whatever. Yeah, That's to, a good, that's a good starting point. I agree to, to, to live with uncle Arthur, who is very, you know, very old, very British sounding, nothing like uncle Arthur who comes back, in After the, the clones in the in know. the nineties, and yeah. And, yeah. and also important to note, not like Uncle Arthur uh, from Bewitched. <laughs> no, no, th- that was of course the legendary Paul. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> the, the, the center square of the Hollywood square, so, <laughs> yeah. the Great Ball Inn. But um, so, but I, but then when Peter Peter goes and takes pictures, 
in London. He goes to London and he spoke, Robbie sent him there just to take pictures, you know, just, you know, appear a piece, you know? Uh, and then of course, you know, there's a terrorist, you know, kidnap somebody <laughs> and Spider-Man shows up. And so Peter takes pictures, brings them back and uh, Robbie starts looking at him. And then Robbie starts staring at him for a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And he says, Peter, you were very <clears throat> lucky to get these, you know, yeah. and then Peter's thinking, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Robbie just says, Oh, they're really good. We'll buy them now. And I think that was, I think that was when Robbie found, figured it out. And there were always hints mm-hmm. then for years <clears throat> that he knew probably and, one of, uh, uh, to jump in there, JR, probably one of the biggest, sure. uh, moments I, I felt like in rereading over the years, uh, the final adventure storyline with uh, w- during the Clone Saga, written mm-hmm. by Fab- Fabian Netzia, uh, he he played that on very thick. Mm-hmm. That Robbie knew. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was basically because uh, Mary Jane, because Ken Ellis was going to come out with a story that said Peter Parker Spider Man, and Mary Jane came to Robbie and said, "Look what's going to happen," and Robbie killed. He got the story not only killed at the bugle, but got it killed everywhere else. <laughs> And nobody, they did, but yeah, it was pretty obvious then that he knew, and Mary Jane came to him because she knew he knew. Right. Uh, so, but anyway, it's just kind of an interesting, you know, little segue there, two parts, uh, two page segue, uh, a good moment for Mary Jane, and 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 kind of a, uh, you know, a little bit for us, uh, for us fans who always f- kind of figured out that Ro- figured that Robbie had known. So we go back to Craven's townhouse, and boy, he's you know he's lighting up a cigarette, you know, he's kind of thinking, ah, eh, you know, it's uh uh, you know, I, you know, he decides to, I'm trying to think of, you know, like famous cigarette smokers here on the podcast over the years, like George and, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, the late, uh, the late, uh, Morbius, um, Kevin, <laughs> the late, the late Kevin Cushing, he's you know, not dead famous cigarette smokers. And, but the, see, there's this rat in this cage. Okay. Craven's got a rat in a cage and he's, you know, kind of like the old joke where like you put your hands down on the knife. Well, it's like in the first that. alien aliens movie yeah, or alien. Yeah, I forget which one. Yeah. This, well, aliens, the sequel. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he's doing that with this rat in this cage. And of course we keep going back and forth to vermin and that rat is supposed to symbolize vermin. And so now Craven is going to hunt vermin, but it looks like he's not going to dress as Spider-Man. He looks like he's going to strip down to nothing and, and go hunt vermin. Meanwhile, the spiders are now in mass crawling around Spider-Man's grave. Oh, actually, Craven did dress as Spider-Man. Then for, he he, yeah. he he stood at his window in, in in exhibition style, but then he when he finally went out, he dressed as Spider-Man. Yeah. So he and and, and Vermin, you know, start uh, you know start fighting, and Vermin goes through all his uh, angst. And of course, there's a lot of you know, there's several pages of very little dialogue, and it's full of all those words that Dark Mark. What's he call those omnibuses or omniverties or omnibuses? Yeah. So anyway, that, that's what happens in the, the next part of the story. You know, J.D. Mateus obviously takes a break from writing the story. Says, Mike, you take the next few pages from here. Mm. So we have one, two, three. Okay, this page three is grr, 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 splash, you know, shack. This would be good Black. for a Friday night fight. Yeah, this is. But uh, it's not Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is what goes for storytelling here. You know, grr, 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 brack, slash. A-R. And so. So Craven slash Spider-Man defeats Vermin and rises up and says, I am the spider. Okay. More spiders on Spider-Man's grave. Craven takes, uh, picks up Vermin and starts carrying him to the townhouse. And then it happens, folks. Yeah. The very 
last, oh, come on. There we go. The very last page, the very last panel on the bottom of the page, a hand yep. reaches up out of the dirt. Like Evil Dead. <laughs> and you see the cap. you just see the caption, Mary Jane? <laughs> And that, boys and girls, my is committed partner. <laughs> that yeah, my committed partner. <laughs> and that, boys and girls, is the end of part three. That is the end of the first half of Craven's Last Hunt. Yep. Uh, and that is Spider History for October. You will um, have to tune in next month for the last three issues for November. Yeah, if you want to find out what happens. There you yeah, go. Yeah. This, so, reminds but, me, uh, this reminds me of uh, when Quesada forced one more day on us. Um, and you know all the uh, all the hubbub, the brouhaha that erupted uh, after that. Um, and Demetrius, because remember you had Quesada and uh, other talking heads at Marvel parroting the same crap, the same talking points. Everything happened except that it's different. Everything still happened uh, except for them being married. And J.M. Uh, Demetrius very, very, you know, pointedly said. Um, there is no way Craven's last hunt has the same impact if they're not married. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's one thing I kept thinking about knowing we were going to cover, yeah. you know, about how uh, you, you remember towards the end of the story, you know, when Spider-Man's climbing up, you know, as we'll cover next month, mm -hmm. he's climbing up out of the, you know, trying to, trying to get out of the grave mm -hmm. and everything. He's like, I have to keep going for my committed partner that I'm dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't carry the same weight as I have to get out of here because I have a wife. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. And, 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 you know, and he's also right because you have to look at it too, in the context of getting married of the huge commitment that that is. I mean, this yeah. is something that both Peter and Mary Jane have literally fled from. Mm -hmm. I mean, Peter has always wanted to have somebody, but obviously being Spider-Man, he felt he could never have a serious, I mean, he just felt he never could have something like this. And Mary yeah. Jane, with her background, figured she could never have a happy ending because her mother didn't, her sister didn't, you know, and so she didn't figure she could either. So this is just, so yeah, I mean, it's like, this, this is a huge moment for them. And then for him to suddenly be stripped away at this time, just as they're starting, I mean, this probably literally happens after they come back from their honeymoon. Probably not, long. Yeah. you know. So to have them, they just fought apart, the Puma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who can? Who is one of those guys who follows Spider Man by smelling him? Um, so, <laughs> so they've been so literally as they're about to begin their new life together, they're ripped apart for two weeks. So there's a lot of you know, psycho, you know, a lot of damage here, but a lot of you understand what brings why Peter claws his way out of the grave, why yeah. he does it for Mary Jane. I mean, it's just. So as we wrap up this month, uh, is it a good month in spider history, JR, after three issues? Well, yes and no. Okay. okay. I mean, you're going to find out. I mean, for, this, is, this is a very well-crafted, well-drawn story. Um, we're, we, we, and, and, and Demetrius is addressing a very interesting comment, or comment, a very interesting idea about what happened, the relationship that supervillains and superheroes eventually develop and how the supervillain begins to almost define his very existence by the presence of the superhero. And see, Craven has, you know, I mean, basically for the last several years now, Craven's existence has been defined by Spider-Man and the fact that he can't defeat Spider-Man. And he has essentially dehumanized <laughs> Spider-Man during this time, you know, this whole I am the spider crap is, is, 
you know, part of his, you know, uh, you know, his belief that really Spider-Man cannot be a mere mortal man, you know, that he has to be something supernatural or something to have defeated Craven all this time. So for Craven, you know, to overcome that and defeat him, uh, I mean, and you, and, and, and so you, once you see how that important that is, then the rest of the story makes sense in what Craven does to himself later on. What I don't like, and I, and I don't want to get, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, like I said, I, I've said it so often, it almost sounds like a parody, but I've, the reason I don't want one, like I said, Vermin is such a disgusting character. You're kind of, that to me throws me off already, you know, because, and, and by putting him in the story, he fractures the narrative. The narrative is this longtime Spider-Man villain coming to grips with his relationship with Spider-Man Spider-Man himself dealing with, you know, he's had to deal with a lot of death Spider-Man dealing with his own mortality in the midst of making this major change in his life. You know, he's, he, for the, he's, he's, he's done the thing. He's made the commitment that he's always been afraid to make for the, for the, and this, what happens now is literally the very reason he was afraid to make it. Yeah. Cause he was afraid of getting killed. That's true. And, and, and that happens to him. So, we don't need anybody else in this narrative, you know? So we, so, so, to so me, vermin is a distraction from exactly. Vermin main, is a distraction main, yeah. to the story. He dilute, he dilutes the main narrative. And again, like I said, by, by the fact that he acts so disgusting by killing and eating people, there's no, I mean, I have no empathy for him. I None agree that when people talk about Craven's last night, you, they really don't mention vermin. He was just kind of a side part mission of Craven. To prove yeah, that and, he could be a mean Spider-Man or an evil Spider-Man, and, and, and he becomes even one. more of a, a superior Spider-Man. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he becomes even more of an important component in the second half. Right. So you know, it, it's and you know, and I made the comment about you know, like because he killed, he deserves to die. I mean, this is why Norman Osborn got killed off. When you think about it, back in the early seventies, mm -hmm. he killed Gwen Stacy. Norman Osborn could not have left that story alive. He couldn't have. I yeah. mean. I, I, you know, I mean, as much as people, you know, protested and didn't like and rose up at the death of Gwen Stacy, if Norman hadn't died, he, if Norman hadn't had what came to him uh, at that time, I, I, I don't think people were like that either. It wouldn't have felt right. The story wouldn't have felt like it concluded. Bringing Norman back 20 something years later is a little bit yeah. different because, again, I think. You know, I think if you read some of the old interviews with the writers that day, they just didn't feel the comics industry was going to last that much longer. Yeah. So they could do these kind of stories. JR, let me let me ask you this. Okay. Would you, uh, just devil's advocate here, would you have been the, the Norman Osborn fan, the Green Goblin fan that you are today, if after Norman Osborn had killed Gwen, uh, he started to eat her? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to know where your line on cannibalism was. If it was acceptable. No, no, see, here, here's no the thing. And I, no, no, no. I thought, here, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. In fact, in fact at, the, at the end of the Craven story, we'll talk about uh, a what if story. Uh, oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I, you know, I, I, I empathize with Norman in a way because Norman is. A, a petty he's a petty person you know yeah. when you think about it he you know he, he's not a mon that this is and this is why i hate the, the monster green goblin the hulk goblin but you know that's why i can't i mean i can't relate to somebody like vermin or even craven i mean that's just kind of but i kind of relate to norman more because norman is at the core a very small petty angry bitter man <laughs> and uh that kind of villainy i can relate to <laughs> yeah. but not this kind of villainy. but anyway but so anyway so I mean, again, you, you see a very finely crafted story 
but you also see that there are some parts of it that don't work and it's repetitive i mean it, it, it i mean Demateus, it's very repetitive i mean you think about this whole six-part story probably could have been done in half the time so you know you you get the hey there we go all right i got one of them too um but uh, so so there's a lot of repetition in this story. i think so, to ah, wrap up that comment enigma has it cri- quite correctly i'm putting it on the chat the fuck george <laughs> all right look look, look can i can i just quote kevin bacon from jfk yeah go ahead uh, people got to know <laughs> back and to the left back. okay what if McNulty, we us? McNulty so here's a question for the panel instead of Vermin which villain should have carried and captured I think well I, I don't know what everybody else thinks but I think I answered it nobody nobody else was needed in this story yeah you know the, 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 this, the, you, you, like I said the, the narrative has now been fractured so yeah alright tune in next month for the wrap up of Craven's Last Time the rest of the story Well, that's a wrap on that episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, one more time before we wrap it all up, I want to remind you about uh, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Log on there to get exclusive thank you content, which uh, one of them is the Spire Satellites, where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode. That's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through Patreon. There's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to. Uh, I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.